listening to the True Idaho News Podcast. Unfiltered news and opinion for the citizens of Idaho. Hello and welcome to the True Idaho News Podcast. This is Dr. Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News, thanking you for tuning in. On this show, I and my co-host, Josh Gibbons, are going to be talking about issues facing Idaho and America from a Judeo-Christian perspective. That's my custom, and that's what we like to do here, talk about truth. Josh, welcome to the True Idaho News Podcast. Daniel, as always, pleasure to be here. I'm glad to have you here. Uh, for those that don't know, you can find this show on Google Podcast. You can find it on Anchor, Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio. It's also on Rumble. It's also on BitChute. And you can also find it on True Idaho News. Because we always put a link, a little story about the show notes and a link to where you can listen to it. And we appreciate you very much for listening and also for sharing this podcast with others. While I'm at it, talking about True Idaho News, go there, trueidahonews.com, and click the subscribe button. Nope, you don't have to pay for that. That's absolutely free. Trueidahonews.com and click the subscribe. And then you're going to get an email about once a week. It's going to have links to all the stories we put out. We do not slam you with a whole bunch of emails like, you know, the blaze. If you subscribe to the blaze, <laughs> Josh, do you subscribe to the blaze? I intentionally did not for that reason. I actually know that they do a lot of email. You know. <laughs> I love the, I love the work that they do. They put out really good stuff, but I probably get five or six emails a day from the blaze. And I just wish that they could just, you know, one a day would be fine. But uh, they seem to put out a lot of emails. You're not going to get that if you subscribe to True Idaho News. You're going to get one email a week, maybe two during something like election week. We want to let you know about something. Uh, Speaking of which, one of those things we wanted to let you know about this past week was an article that I wrote regarding the governor's race. And I'd like to take a little bit of time to talk about that article because it did go pretty far and wide. Uh, across the state. And I want to thank you, Josh, for helping to spread that article uh, read by a lot of people. Yeah, it was a phenomenal article. You did a really great in-depth analysis of the governor's race. It was perfect. Well, I appreciate the compliment. Um, Have received many compliments like that. Of course, I did uh, tick off Ed Humphrey supporters. I did tick off Brad Little supporters. There were some people who made unbelievable comments called my writing third grade writing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, what, what part about, um, you know, writing a best-selling book, writing award-winning books. I, I write for several national magazines and my editors love me because they never have to edit my work. So I don't know about that third grade writing comment. Another somebody said that the uh, that they wanted the article taken off of this particular Facebook group because it was obviously spam that this true Idaho news was a spam piece, fake news registered out of uh, Tennessee. And they're only posting it here for clicks. And I read that and I go, Hmm. Well, when I registered the site, I purposely hid the who is information because that provides my name and address. And I know that I'd be writing stuff that would irritate people. I didn't want my address out there. It's called, you know, letting people know to come harass you at your house. Didn't want that. So I, but who is what, wherever they say it's registered, I have no clue. 
But all you got to do is go to True Idaho News and you can see we're totally all about Idaho and we're here and registering for clicks, posting for clicks. Hey, go to True Idaho News. Find me one display ad where I'm going to get a dime or even a penny. There's no display ads there. There's nothing there that I get any money for, for people clicking. So it's amazing that nobody had issue, Josh, with the um, the content of my article. They, they, they couldn't argue about the facts. They just bothered by the facts, I guess. Yeah, a lot of screeching you're going to hear uh, whenever you oppose the candidate. But look, again, your analysis was spot on and you did a phenomenal job with it. So those people who are screeching in the background, it's because... You didn't praise their candidate. You spoke reality. Well, thank you. And I, and I did. I Everything that I say here is factual. You can still read it. It's obvious. I'm going to leave it up there. It's, it's called an in-depth analysis of governor candidates or who I'm voting for and why. And I went through all four of the candidates. I talked about Brad Little first, and I talked about him shutting down the state and how he tries to sell himself now is not shutting down the state. I called out that lie. I called out the fact that he, he, he contacted the board of pharmacy in Idaho and told them to not issue hydroxychloroquine or azithromycin unless it was for the specific use that that drug is used for doctors 20. Did you know, Josh, 21% of all prescriptions are what's called off-label prescriptions. Off-label meaning the doctor is prescribing the medication for something other than what has been approved for by the FDA. You know, I didn't know that. I would expect you to know that because you've really looked into and done a full-on investigation into the whole COVID situation and the treatments that were available, which I appreciate because again, me not being somebody who's paid a lot of attention to that, I've really had to rely on people like you. Um, but it doesn't surprise me. Look, if you look at a lot of medication, I've seen my wife give a medication that if you read it, it'll shock you. It'll say it's for X, Y, Z. And then it turns out it's for ABC as well. Yeah. So that makes sense. Well, I, that was one of the things that he did. He and, and, and people didn't know that. In fact, that was one of the critiques I had was he, he lied about uh, Brad Little doing this. Well, guess what? I downloaded the document. I've got it in my files. You can find it online still, too. It's the minute meetings or the, what do they call that? The meeting minutes, thank you, of the Board of Pharmacy, where they openly state in their minutes that the governor asked them to withhold the prescribing of hydroxychloroquine. So I didn't make that up, and yet I was accused of making that up about the, about Brad Little. Uh, this guy, he just, yeah, I go through the list, and I make it bullet point form so it's easy to read uh, all the things that he did to shut down our state, that he claims that he didn't institute mask mandates, and yet we have video evidence of his cronies, his 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 uh, coronavirus task force people bullying the uh, regional health district chair out there in Southwest District Health, telling him that if he did not mandate masks, then every case of COVID and every COVID death in his district would be blamed on him. And that became public video within like a week or two of that happening. And Brad Little didn't announce that. He said he didn't institute masks. Of course he did. He did it through through delegating to somebody else. This guy is just a total fake marionette, if you ask me. And then he's out there with his advertisements telling he told the feds to take a hike. That's a lie. 
that's that's complete and utter nonsense. Look, you know, I hate to use this reference, but it's so relevant. Brad Little saw ARPA funds available and his eyes sparkled. He was so excited that he was willing to make Idahoans, small business owners suffer. And just like a drug addict with a straw, he just siphoned it up through his nose and took every penny he could get. And then, of course, you know, as we've discussed in the past episode, he grew government by 21%. <laughs> it's unsustainable. We now have to figure out how the heck we're going to pay for that. It's insane what he did. And to sit there and lie and say, hey, this isn't what happened. Daniel, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm, I'm at a loss for words. And you can probably hear that I'm stumbling on my words when I try and think of what I can say to this. The guy is a complete liar. It's disgusting. And I'm, I'm very saddened that Idahoans didn't wake up to what was happening and chose to vote for him. What most folks don't know is that Brad Little hired a campaign manager who used to be the chief of staff for Senator Manchin, a Democrat in West Virginia. So here we have a guy running Brad Little's campaign who was the chief of staff for a Democrat senator. And that senator happened to be a Democrat senator in a very conservative state, West Virginia. So it would make sense that if you have Democrat leanings, as Brad Little does, and I've, I've heard rumor, uh, obviously this can never be substantiated, but I've heard rumor that somebody knows somebody he went to college with, and he said, basically, I'm a Democrat, but you can't get become governor in Idaho unless you're a Republican. Uh, who knows if that's true or not? But, it's, but you take a look at his actions, and his actions back that up. Daniel, I've heard that same thing, and I didn't hear it as a rumor. I heard it from the direct from the person's mouth. So, yeah, you know, it's you did. Yeah. Now the problem is, is 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 it substantiated? Is it true? One could argue yes. One could argue no. At the same time, you have to look at his voting record when he was, you know, in office where he could vote as the lieutenant governor and and what he's pushed. I would say that there's probably facts to that. Yeah, it makes sense. He did. He did surprise me when he was governor prior to COVID for the first what year or so prior to COVID. He he was, in my opinion, acting like a conservative. He was approving various pieces of legislation. Oh, maybe I was wrong about him because I didn't vote for him in 2018. I thought he was a statist. He was starting to prove me wrong. But then, you know, COVID comes along and he shuts down the state, which totally shocked me. I'm thinking, okay, he's kind of been acting like a conservative. Idaho is a very unique state. We're very remote. There's not a large uh, population center except for the Treasure Valley. The rest of the state is huge and people are spread out everywhere. You would think that he would be a little more common sense. Uh, In this article, I I lay out how he had been on the phone with Janice McGeehan two days um, prior to shutting down the state. He was laughing with her that Mayor McLean's mask mandate was kind of a joke. He was saying, yeah, people are just going to go to Garden City and shop. They're not going to have, you know, be losing anything. It's kind of a joke to have a mask mandate in place. And then two days later, he calls her and says very flatly, I'm shutting down the state. Yeah. You know, Daniel, it reminds me of the movie The Illusionist. You know, there's a scene with Christian Bell where he's tossing a ball up in the air and he's like, are you watching closely? And all of a sudden the ball goes missing, right? Brad Little was the great illusionist. He did make us think that, hey, you know what? We've turned a new leaf. 
We are more conservative now with Brad Little than we were with Butch Otter. But the fact of the matter is, is he, you know, he said things like, hey, we can't do the grocery tax this year, but I promise we'll do it the next year. And what did we get from him? A bunch of empty promises. So the signs were there, but, you know, the hope was there, too. And unfortunately, we've been led astray and we've been let down by this deceitful governor. Yeah, he, well, so a lot of people at the state house believe that Scott Bedke and Chuck Winder, Scott Bedke being the Speaker of the House, now looks like he's going to be Lieutenant Governor, uh, and Chuck Winder, President uh, Pro Tem of the Senate, uh, that that basically if if they were so tight with the governor, they, they had private meetings a lot. It's amazing, uh, but apparently. The rumor is, and I'm, I'm sharing what legislators have told me, that they believe that um, if they would meet with the governor and if the governor said, I don't want this, then Bedkey and Winder would make sure that that didn't happen. Or if the governor said, I want this, then they would go make sure it happened. And so I think that's part, when you take a look at the behavior of Scott Bedkey, behavior of Chuck Winder, I think based on logic alone, when you see how illogical they were in shutting down very logical legislation, legislation that would have very much helped Idahoans, uh, and they shut it down, that would tend to support what you were just saying, that he yeah. kicking the can kind of thing. Yeah, you know, the big thing is, is uh, look, Daniel, here's the thing. These gentlemen absolutely listen to the governor and you could see and what's really disheartening is is at the end of the day you have to remember idahoans we chose these people and we trusted them we trusted them to say you know what i'm going to put you first and unfortunately what we've seen is that they've been putting iaki first which i'm sure you've seen that now they have <laughs> a sitting member of facebook as their board of directors I mean, we are being taken over, and the problem is, is they come home to people and they lie to them. They say, look what I've done for you every two years. They don't say anything in between, but they say, look at what we've done for you. And the fact of the matter is, is if you look into their voting record, it is not representing Idaho and values. You know, farmers, ranchers, everybody, we're all fooled. We're bamboozled. And the problem is, is we just, we keep accepting what they say. And it's time that we as Idahoans become critical thinkers. We have to truly look at the bills, determine for ourselves what those bills say, and we have to look at how these people vote. And until we do that, we're going to continue to be bamboozled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Hey, well, let's, let's take a pause and give a shout out to one of our Triple Diamond sponsors. Let's give a shout out to Tom Lopak. He is the owner of Picture Perfect Window Cleaning. And if you would like to save 10% off of your window cleaning bill, write down this phone number. It's 208-401-6265. That's Tom Lopak at 208-401-6265. They do window cleaning, screen repair, gutter cleaning, power washing. And like I said, 10% off your bill. All you have to do is tell Tom that you heard about it on True Idaho News Podcast, and he'll take that 10% off for you. One more time, 208-401-6265. Okay, so one of the other things that I wrote about in this, in this article is Ed Humphreys. 
Now, I have to tell you that I was not going to write this article. I know I, I was, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, the reason I, I studied up so much on, on uh, HCQ, hydroxychloroquine and, all, and ivermectin and all that kind of stuff is I didn't even start True Idaho News until Easter of last year. So I was writing for national publications. I was studying national issues and writing about national stuff. So I was steeped in, in the whole uh, medical journalism stuff about uh, COVID-19. So I start writing about uh, true Idaho news type stuff on Easter. And I thinking, okay, now that I'm running my own little, you know, online newspaper, do what do we do? I, I, newspapers typically endorse candidates. So I called around to the other independent conservative websites like, you know, Greg Pruitt over at Idaho Dispatch, Sherry Duvalle at Readout News. And I was asking, you know, do you guys endorse candidates? And everybody said no. We Every time we've endorsed candidates in the past, it's caused problems for us. So we're not going to endorse. I thought, oh, all right, fair enough. I'll take that advice. But this past week, about the two weeks prior to prior the election, I was like, look at all these lies. In the last show, we talked about all the lies going on. And look at all the smears and all the false information that's being put out there. Brad Little refusing to debate because he didn't want to get called on his lies. If he, if he had debated, I am confident that that Janice McGeehan would have called him out about shutting down the state and all that kind of stuff. And it would have been very embarrassing. And he would not have been able to handle it. Absolutely. You, you think about what did Joe Biden do? Joe Biden campaigned from his basement. Why? Because he knew cheating was going on. He knew he was going to win. He didn't have to go out and campaign. When has that ever happened in presidential history? Hasn't until now. We have the 2000 Mules movie, by the way, to prove that. But Brad Little, he didn't go out and campaign. He says, my record is indisputable. Well, you know who his campaign team was? Channel 7, KTVB. His can, it was uh, the Idaho Statesman. It was the Idaho State Journal, Channel 6. I mean, all these places are basically serving as Brad Little sycophants, praising everything he does. Nothing he did was anything wrong. They didn't investigate anything. He had his own campaign arm paid for by the media. So they had that happening. And I'm looking at all the lies going on. And then I'm listening to a bunch of lies. And I'll say this from Ed Humphreys, because he's out there calling Janice McGeehan a, a career politician. Well, I've had conversations with Janice McGeehan. She basically self-term limited herself back in 2012. She said, she told me, she goes, I only intended to serve four terms. She started in 2002. You have two-year terms, and she was going to serve for eight years. And she said, you know what? Okay, I'll just serve two more terms. And then they had the redistricting, and she says, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I did my time. I already extended beyond what I wanted to do. And she got out and never intended to come back into politics. Direct conversation with Janice McGeehan. Well, I, I then asked her, I said, so why did you get back in? She said, well, when I saw Trump pushing for pro-America and the big MAGA movement, I said, that's something that I can get behind. I want to help with that. And so she got involved in 2016. She helped Trump get elected. She was a delegate for Idaho to the, to the convention. 
And then when the lieutenant governor race opened up in 2018, she goes, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to run for lieutenant governor. And she won. This is what she told me. That's all she intended to do. She did no intention to run for governor until Brad Little shut down the state and started violating our rights, started violating the Constitution, not only the Idaho Constitution, but the U.S. Constitution. And she says, this cannot be. And that's when she split with him. She told me, she said, I, I, didn't ha I had no intention, did not want to run for governor until I saw him doing this. And I'm going, I can't let this happen to Idaho. Uh, and, and I remember she agonized. She prayed. I had several conversations with her about this along the way. And she goes, I, I'm not sure I want to. I was talking to her husband. She goes, yeah, I don't want her to run, you know, blah, blah, blah. And people are at the time, this is, this is well before she announced, but they talked she told me that she and her husband got together. They talked about it. They prayed about it. And then she decided to run. Guess what? People, the critiques that came across this article, they said, ah, oh, that's just Janice McGeehan talking points. Hey, this is an actual conversation I had with her. I believe her. I'm a certified behavioral analyst. I can tell if somebody's blowing smoke. She wasn't blowing smoke. So when Ed Humphreys is out there saying she's a career politician and smearing her like crazy, I'm like, all right, I've had enough. I've had enough of all the lies. I'm going to write something. And that's what that was the motivation. I know it's kind of a long way to explain it, but that was the motivation for writing this, all the lies. And so I started telling people in this article about Ed Humphreys and my interactions with him because I was talking to him. And I was talking with him before he had decided to run, before he at least before he announced his running, because apparently he had already decided. And I and I point this out in the article. I'm coming at this. Josh, and I think you know this about me, I'm coming at this with three decades as an executive coach, corporate trainer, management coach, best-selling author on how to put together powerful teams, international best-selling. I mean, I'm trying to pat myself on the back here, but this is just my bona fides, okay? This is, I'm not just a journalist who decided to critique this stuff. I didn't even get to be writing about political stuff until two and a half years ago. I've been writing about business stuff, workplace stuff, management stuff, leadership stuff. And so I'm, I'm looking at Humphreys from that particular perspective. And this guy's what, 30 years old, 31 years old. He's running a small business with one employee. He doesn't have a big team. He's, he's bragging to me that he helped get Tom Luna elected. And I'm thinking, uh, why, why are you bragging about that? Because Luna's kind of an establishment guy. And it was Luna and Butch Otter that brought Common Core to Idaho. A lot of folks don't know that. But I, I critiqued Humphreys and I, I basically said, hey, this is, this is the Ed Humphreys as I see him. And I listed facts. I, I, I even included a screenshot. I, my, this was so childish of him, I thought. Um, I didn't say that in the article, but I, I just said this happened. He sent me this at, you know, criticizing conservatives of, he called them traitor pack. I wrote about how I tried to call him and said, look, um, you are going to take votes away from Janice. Look at the polls, Ed. You're polling in single digits. Janice has got the best chance of beating Ed. What's the purpose here? Aren't we trying to get Brad Little out of office because he violates the constitution? Isn't that the purpose here? And it wasn't about that to him. It was about him 
getting elected. It wasn't about the state of Idaho getting free from Brad Little. That's that bothered me a lot. And and my wife was in the room when that conversation happened on the phone and he was yelling at me and he was telling me what I should and shouldn't do. And I finally had I let him go for about a minute. And I finally said, you know what, Ed, I don't report to you. I don't you stop telling me what to do and stop yelling at me. And I, I basically said, look, if Janice loses by the percentage that you, you get, then you will forever be known as the guy who kept Brad Little in office. And he yelled at me some more and hung up. And my wife was in the room. And, and afterwards, she says, what a childish ass. <laughs> and and I, you know, that's her opinion. She listened to the conversation. And I put that in the paper. And of course, I, you know, irked off a lot of uh, Ed Humphrey's supporters, but I'm just reporting the facts. If people don't like the facts, that's their problem. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. Here's the thing. The polling didn't lie. We could say, hey, you know what? One poll said this, but look, there's been multiple polls that have been made available. And these aren't biased polls. These weren't run by a campaign. It's not like Janice contacted him and said, Hey, Ed, you're running single digits. Now, I will give Ed a little bit of credit in saying that he did pull higher. He actually got more votes than we anticipated. But at the end of the day, we all knew what it was going to be. And as long as he was in that race, we were going to get Brad Little. And it's unfortunate. You know, it truly is. The perfect storm happened that made Brad Little our governor again. And I'll tell you what, if things would have been different, if Janice had had Ed Humphrey in the race, if President Trump had come and done a rally, we'd be seeing a different Idaho. Yeah, I, oh, I totally agree there. If, if Trump had come out and done a rally for Janice, she probably would have won. Yeah, here's the problem I'll say with Trump. Unfortunately, he's looking at big picture. And at the end of the day, we only have three, you know, votes that we get as far as for the president you know we're we're not a big state we're not like california where it's going to lead to a huge victory look trump swept idaho so for him strategically he knows he's going to sweep idaho again but at the end of the day idahoans are going to suffer because he didn't come out and because that humphrey was in the race even with that in the race i do think that if trump would have come out and would have rallied the troops i think we'd see a different idaho coming forward well, let me throw something else out at you and for our listeners to consider. Uh, but before I do that, I want to take a quick break and listen to this from one of our Triple Diamond sponsors. We'll be right back after this message. Computers are integral to our homes and businesses. But when there are problems, who can you trust to fix your computer system and protect its sensitive information? BH Consulting can help get your computer running right. And they can do it no matter where you are. They can work remotely. But if the situation requires it, they'll also travel to you. Some of the things that BH Consulting does are software repair and updates, virus removal, and system cleaning. They can reinstall your operating system and do complete setups for home and office, including networking for multiple computers, wired or wireless. If you need hardware repair and upgrades, help with Wi-Fi and internet security, they can do that too. So when those inevitable computer problems pop up in your home or business, give BH Consulting a call at 208-329-8020. That's 208-329-8020. 
or find them at bhconsulting.us. Well, thank you very much for tuning in to the True Idaho News Podcast. Daniel Bobinski here talking with Josh Gibbons. Uh, we're talking about the uh, the race for governor and Brad Little's uh, lying to us and Ed Humphreys. Um, as has been described to me many times, his ego, which he could not let go of, uh, he, he lost the, the purpose of this whole thing was to get rid of Brad Little. Anyways, one of the things that some folks found interesting, and I mentioned it in the article, I didn't go into the detail that I probably could have, but uh, there's a there's a gal in the Republican Party here in Ada County. Her name is Lynn Burdescu. And people who know her well have said that she's a strong Brad Little fan, huge Brad Little fan. She was very much against the Brad Little recall, worked against it. She actually backed people into the corner and said, look, you shall not talk bad about Brad Little or I will make sure that you never go anywhere in politics. Your, your career is over if you talk bad about Brad Little. She's been a huge Brad Little supporter. Yet, interestingly, when Ed Humphreys gets in the race, almost immediately, she writes a check for $5,000 to Ed Humphreys. And she gets other people to write similar size checks. You can go to his Sunshine Report, it's there. And she starts just pumping up Ed's ego. And she does what else? Bash Janice McGeehan. Bash, bash, bash. It's like that's all she could do. So, so here's Ed's campaign bashing Janice McGeehan, kind of spearheaded in many ways by, by Lynn Burdescu. Um, Some folks were asking, me and other people, is Lynn Brodescu really working for Brad Little here? Is she trying to um, keep Ed propped up and in the race so and, and bash Janice so that Janice can't get enough points to overcome Brad Little? What do you, you, I, that's what I've been people have been asking me about. Have you heard anything like that? Yeah, that's exactly what I've heard. You know, look, at the end of the day, if you look at Ed Humphrey's campaign, it really mimics Tommy Alquist's. And it was a spoiler setup, and I kind of feel like, look, I don't think Ed Humphrey went into it with ill intentions. I truly think that he did want to go in and create some change that was positive for Ed Hoens. I'll but agree with you. Him, you that, and that's fine. I, you know, at the end of the day, I do think that that's the case. I do think that he did get hopeful because people were in his ears and they told him, hey, you're going to be the next governor, right? When you hear things like that, it's easy to get convinced that you shouldn't back down. You should double down. And at Humphrey, I told him a long time ago, I said, you should run for Senate. You should run for House because you espouse being a Ron DeSantis style type person. Well, look, Ron DeSantis didn't come out of the woodwork out of nowhere and become governor of Florida. He actually was a, one of the founders of the Freedom Caucus with Raul Labrador. So he had a record that we could look at. And for Ed Humphrey, what he really needed was he needed that record. And until he gave it to us, we were going to reject him as Idahoans. Yeah, Idahoans are not stupid. No. They, they, they know. I mean, he said all the right things. Ed Humphreys did a very smart campaign. He, he did all the right things. He went around the state. He did the meet, greet, grip, and grin. He contacted all the people. He, he did all the right stuff. 
But as you just pointed out, he had no track record. And in the article, I talk about that. And I also made the comparison to Barack Obama because Barack Obama didn't have a track record either. I mean, a very, very small one. He got elected to the Senate, immediately decided he's going to start running for president. And most of the time when he was called on to vote, he voted present. You know, obviously you get a roll call vote. You're supposed to go yay or nay, right? Yes or no. And he would vote present. So I'm here, but I'm not going to tell you which way I'm going to vote. Why would he do that? Because he didn't want to get pigeonholed as to you voted for this or you didn't vote for this. He basically kept himself isolated. And that's exactly what I saw uh, Ed Humphreys doing. And, and Chad Christensen made a post on, on social media that was spot on. He says, you know, he can point to no liberty legislators that can identify a, a single phone call or a single email from, from Ed Humphreys in support of or in opposition to any piece of legislation. Nobody heard anything from Ed saying, I support this, please, please make sure, push hard for this, or I oppose this, or whatever. No, no position taking. So that just seems suspect. And I and as you point out, people want to see the track record. Yeah, you know, the only thing that you can really say about him before he ran for governor is two things. First off, he worked hard to unseat true conservatives within the Ada County Republican Central Committee. And then, of course, he bragged about getting Tom Luna elected. These are things that should have caused pause for conservatives across the state especially in Ada County. And I know a lot of conservatives in Ada County were saying, hold up, this is not the guy that he's telling you he is. This is somebody who is pretending. And all you have to do is look at what he did. You know, look at Ryan Davidson. Ryan did a phenomenal job as chair of the Ada County Republican Central Committee. And Ed Humphrey's whole goal was to remove him. And he was successful in that. So, it was a hard pill for a lot of conservatives who paid attention to swallow when he said, Hey, I'm the Ron DeSantis. Well, hold on. If we look at what you've done, we can see that's clearly not the case. Cause he helped get Victor Miller into that seat. Exactly. And thank the Lord, Victor Miller lost his race. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he was a precinct committee man and then chair of the uh, County central committee. And as yes, he's lost his seat. Um, but you know what? I had forgotten that, that uh, Ed Humphreys was very instrumental in get, making that happen. He bragged about that, too. Yeah. And what was silly is, is that he bragged about it to conservatives. We knew who the Ada County conservatives were, and he worked against them. He worked overtime against them. So at the end of the day, his total vote count does not surprise me. What surprises me is, is that he actually thought he stood a chance. And again, I like the kid, but I, I want substance. I want something that I can see because right now what I've seen from him was not impressive. And I've kept my mouth shut for the most part, actually, throughout this whole election cycle for obvious reasons. But now that we're over and we're past the primaries, I, I just have to sit here and say, dude, everybody told you, prove what you're saying. And again, Ron DeSantis, he put his money where his mouth was and he proved what he was saying. He went into it having a track record Ed Humphrey's track record was one that demolished the conservative movement in Ada County. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, as I will repeat, I, it was not my intention to write this article. I was going to stay quiet the entire time. 
And at the la- at the last there last week, I thought I can't stay silent. I've got to write something. I know I'm going to alienate certain people who support True Idaho News, and, and you know like True Idaho News. I'm going to offend them. I can't care. I I really can't. I I am more married to truth than I am to somebody's loyalty to reading what I write. I I need to speak truth. It was it was one of the coolest compliments I received. I was at a Ronald Reagan luncheon and somebody was talking to me and said, I really like what you write, Daniel. You're, you're so unbiased. And I said, oh, contraire, I'm very biased. I am a conservative constitutionalist Christian, and that is the worldview through which I write. I said, now what I will not do is I will not lie to you. What you're going to get from me are facts and truth. And he says, okay, I stand corrected. That That's right. I know, I, I know I can trust what you're writing because you're going to speak truth. And I just want to emphasize that. And, and I'm not saying this to brag. I'm just saying this. This is where I stand. I am not going to blow smoke up anybody's skirt or pants or whatever. I am going to write truth. I, so this article that I wrote is based on my experiences and my observations as an executive coach for 30 plus years. And also facts that I pulled off of uh, documents that I found online after doing some research, stuff that Channel 7 will never tell you. So all I can say is if you go to True Idaho News and you read something there, it's going to be factual. I will back it up. It doesn't go on the page unless I back it up. I'm the editor. I'm not the only person that writes there, but I'm the editor. It doesn't go up unless I've got an okay for it. So anyways, um, I think we probably belabored that point. I, th- I think that there's there's a lot of um, lying that happens and a lot of stuff that people weren't told. Um, I just want to encourage people to maybe to subscribe to True Idaho News again so that they can make sure that they get the truth uh, when they get their weekly True Idaho News email. Uh, Josh, I know you want to talk a little bit about some of the House seats, some of the wins we had in uh, the election, the primary. I know we lost the, the governor's race. The conservatives did not win the uh, secretary of state race, nor the state board of education race um, or lieutenant governor's race. So we, because of a lot of lies that were put out there. And unfortunately, you can't do anything about because what are you going to do? But we did have some wins. And so we, we lost some really good people in the house, but we gained some. You were telling me about Tina Lampert before the show started. Tell, me, tell us a little bit about her. She's a phenomenal conservative. Look, I've met her. We've vetted her here in Canyon County because that's what we really wanted to focus on is, is we wanted to make sure that we knew who these people were. We spent hours vetting each person. And I got to tell you, Tina Lampert is the real deal. I'm I am excited about her winning her race. You know, and we've got another one as well here. Kingy County, we had some big wins. You know, uh, look at Jason Gallagher. She defeated Ryan Kirby. That's somebody that we have now in the house that's going to represent us. And I can tell you the thing about Jason. I got to tell you how I met her. I met Jason. She saw what we were doing in King County as far as the central committee. And she said, I need to learn. We need to take back our central committee from the establishment. What are you guys doing? What's working? What's not? And she drove. She drove to King County all the time to meet with us. And she was one of those people that really was engaged and really wanted to do the right thing by Idahoans. And when she chose to run, she wasn't sure she would win. She thought, you know what? 
I just have to give people a choice. And that's really what Tina Lambert did as well. And I'll tell you another thing special about Tina Lambert here shortly, but you know, Jason beat Ryan Kirby and it, I mean, 51.10%. Uh, people, got- people need to know Ryan Kirby it was a sitting state representative, a house representative. Yes. This yeah. was not, he, he didn't just fall off the turnip truck. He, this guy has been in the house and so the sitting guy incumbency, very powerful. She's a brand new person and uh, hats off to Jason. I, I met her at the state house during one of the capital clarity sessions and uh, her and I got to talking. She told me that she was moved. She had moved to Idaho to escape the, uh, I, I call them the provinces of Western Libertaria. Uh, my term for them. I forget which state she comes from at the moment, but Oregon. Oregon. And she moved to Idaho with her family to get away from the very left-wing politics, moves here, realizes that we are not as red as she believed. And for her to get involved and run for office and put her heart into it, Greg Cheney was calling people like this, you know, dark money from out of state. No, Patriot, who left communist Oregon, who moves to Idaho, sees that Idaho is becoming communist Oregon, and she wants to say no more, stop. And she runs for office. Hats off to Jason for doing a great job and beating a sitting house rep. Fantastic, Jason. And she didn't want to do it. This this wasn't her goal. Her goal wasn't, hey, how can I get into politics like this? It was truly the grassroots effort. But she looked and she said, is nobody else going to step up? So she knew, she prayed about it, talked to her husband, and they said, if nobody else is going to step up, we'll be that. We'll we'll take the bullets. We'll take all the, the harassment that comes with challenging an incumbent like Ryan Kirby. And look, you know, the voters, they they knew she was from Morgan. But again, you know, those people who were from out of state, they understand and they lived a lot of them through people like Kate Brown. We saw what happened and we understand the fight. So I'm really happy that voters chose to back her. Uh, Another win in that area by only six votes was Representative Judy Boyle. Now, I got to tell you, of course, uh, there were two incumbents that were going against each other in that race. Uh, Representative Scott Syme and Representative Judy Boyle. Uh, There was, as we discussed in the last podcast, $200,000 approximately spent trying to get rid of Judy Boyle. But again, Idahoans are aware of what's going on. And truly, I think what created the perfect storm was, again, the government lockdowns, the shutdowns of our business, the loss of income, and the loss of housing that we faced because of Bradley Little's decision to shut us down. So voters spoke up and they said you know what even with two hundred thousand dollars spent against judy boyle promoting scott syme we know judy's there to fight for us well scott syme was not originally from that district he got moved into that district with redistricting and he wanted to keep his he wanted to keep his seat he's not about standing up for the constitution he's about standing up for power his own power and and we talked in the last show about how much he absolutely lied about Judy Boyle. And I, I was very shocked to see the, that vote. I thought for sure Judy's going to run away with that because that's her district. But just to let people know why your vote counts, Judy Boyle, 4,636 votes. Scott Syme, 
4,630 votes, a difference of six votes, and Judy Boyle wins. If six people had said, ah, Judy's got this, I'll stay home, she would have lost. This is something that people really need to realize. You've got to get out and support the candidate who you know is the constitutional conservative. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, well go, you didn't want to finish on that, on that particular. I want to talk about the next district. Let's do it. Well, because you have Rachel Haslip. Now, she does not, she did not win. No. Uh, but she ran against Mike Moyle. Mike Moyle is the majority leader in the House. So he's got a reputation. He's been in the House for a long time. And here's Rachel Haslip, 24 years old, a mere 24 years old. And she runs against Mike Moyle and she gets, what, 43.95, figured 44% of the vote against Mike Moyle. Moyle. To me, that is fantastic. I am sure this is her very first race. She worked hard. She learned a lot. I am confident that woman has a future in Idaho politics. Yeah. You know, as she stated, her age is, is real young, you know, and that was a concern for me at first, but then I got to talk to her and I realized she was actually an old soul within that young body, if you will. Yeah. Uh, the thing about her is, is look, she, of course, had an uphill battle, right? Going against Mike Moyle, the guy who has, you know, sponsored a lot of tax bills uh, in his 20 years that he's been in office. He has done a lot of good things, but he's done also things that I wouldn't agree with. So she did have an uphill battle because he is a great salesman. As a matter of fact, if you hear Mike Moyle refer to himself, he does it in the third person. because Almost always, yeah. Yeah. So, you know. I was really disappointed to see that she didn't win at the same time being from district 10, having a relationship with Mike Moyle. Uh, there is a benefit for me. I will say that uh, because he's probably going to be the next speaker of the house. Hmm. So having that relationship isn't a bad thing. So uh, Rachel did a phenomenal job. I don't think there's anything else her and her team could have done different. Um, they ran a honest campaign she was amazing. She said, I'm 24 years old. That's how long my opponent has been in office, you know, and people really resonated with her. And the thing that blew my mind was just how smart she is. She's a history major. Hmm. She understands history. And we had her on my podcast and she spoke in depth. And like I said, it blew me away. I like to think I'm a pretty smart guy when it comes to history. It was my favorite subject in school. She knocked my socks off. Like she just, she is extremely intelligent and comes from good stock too. She comes from a good homeschooling family. Her mother has been an, a huge instrument in setting up pods and getting people started in homeschooling here in Canyon County for years. So, you know, I, she did a phenomenal job and I, I couldn't be more proud of her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like hats off to her. Like I said, she didn't win, but wow, what a great showing from someone with that age and, and her first run. Um, let's also talk a little bit about state house position 14 a basically you had, uh, Ted Hill, who, as I understand it, uh, has a father or somebody who used to be in their let in the house or in someone in, in government in some way, uh, Ted Hill joined the military, he joined the Navy, uh, became a pilot, a fighter pilot, 
get that, not a problem. His intention, my, my understanding, was to run for the Senate. Okay, and I guess he tried to do it before and, and didn't do so well. The problem is, with the redistricting, you had in that same district, Scott Groh and Stephen Thane, two established senators running against each other. So he probably wasn't going to win. I think he realized that. Uh, he had called some people, asked for their support for his to run to the Senate. And they said, mm, uh, we got some other existing people there. It's probably not going to work. Next thing you know, he's running for the House after Tracy Kalich had already announced for the House. And the, the phrasing that was passed on to me was Ted Hill saying, it's my time. It's my turn. Uh, that, that kind of stuff. That, that kind of phrasing bothers me. It's nobody's turn to sit in one of these seats. It is a, an honor to sit in one of these seats. It is an earned honor to go out and represent the views of the people in your district. That's what that job is. It's not just your turn to have a position. Uh, so that kind of, that attitude kind of bothered me. Uh, we've talked on this podcast before about Ted Hill's comments about homeschooling families in his previous runs. Him and I had what I would deem a very respectful conversation online until he basically held his ground and, and uh, uh, how do I say this politely? Um, I, I think he was trying to be evasive in his answers and thought me a fool. I, I said, I'll just say it that way. That's how it came across. That might not have been his intention. That's how it came across. And when, it, when push came to shove, as far as asking, asking him to, be, to clarify his answers, he did not provide clear answers. Well, at the, at the McGeehan rally at the Kleiner Park, this lady walks up to me and kind of challenges me on a few things. Turns out it's Ted Hill's wife. And later, she brings him over to meet me, knowing that I had disagreed on this homeschooling situation. What really caught me curious, Josh, again, speaking as someone who's got three decades as an executive coach, I don't care if he's been the head of a fighter squadron. I've got, I've got a friend who's a huge Ted Hill supporter. I, I, I totally respect the person. But you know what? Um, I'm also got to respect my own 30, three decades of experience. And when someone comes up to me and just starts, I'll say, politicking and telling me what they think I want to hear without asking me any questions, without asking for engaging in a conversation, just talking at me. I was not impressed. And I, I think that's a pretty polite way to say what was going on there. So I'm not going to come out and say, you know, he, and he won his district. He beat Tracy Kulich. I am going to say, okay, he's probably going to be the representative for district 14 position. A. am just going to say this. I will be watching how he votes very carefully because what I have seen is a little bit concerning. And if someone says that they're the true conservative and can rally teams together, okay, well, let's kind of like prove it to me now. Uh, so he's got his, his fighter experience and I'm ex-Navy. He's an ex-Navy. I got that respect going. But I'm going to sit back also and say, as a leadership coach, Show me that you have conservative bona fides, that you can work with people, that you're not just going to be pushing whatever the deep state or the statists want. What are your thoughts on that? 
You know, the Ted Hill race, you know, again, I, I agree with you. The big thing for me, the concern that I had was his answers as far as the homeschooling. And his answer is, is essentially is, well, my wife was an educator. Well, that's phenomenal. I'm, I'm happy that she was in there. I'm happy that she was teaching people. But her experience doesn't necessarily reflect that experience of those homeschoolers. So what we need as a representative is somebody who's going to be able to listen, take counsel, and and really understand the position of the people who are in that situation. Not just the teacher who was in school who says, oh, I know about homeschooling. We've got this covered. Yeah. And that's the key. It, this is the leadership thing. And I wrote about it in my book, Creating Passion-Driven Teams. The role of a leader is to be the person who collects the ideas and then helps assess them and facilitates all that. It doesn't have to be the person who has all the ideas just needs to be the person who collects them all so that they can be evaluated. So yeah, I think you've nailed it. He needs to be able to prove himself and this we will be watching him pretty close. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the thing is too, is if, if he had said, Hey, the, I'm measuring it based off the Idaho constitution or, or the United States constitution, at least we have something that he can say, you know, this is tangible. This is consistent. But the opinion of your wife, that's just, it's not consistent. So it is concerning. I hope that if the, any bills come forward that deal with homeschooling, I hope that we are loud and we make our opinions very clear and we make it uncomfortable if if he's leaning a certain way that, that we don't agree with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so much more I can say to that, um, but I probably spent an entire podcast talking about um, perspectives and, and institutional school and that kind of stuff. But as the homeschool dad, I'd expect you to. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let's let's also give a, a shout out to Mr. Mike Hahn, a triple diamond sponsor of True Idaho News. He's an associate broker with Home River Realty, and he's been a licensed real estate broker since 2005, which means he knows what he's doing. Uh, he assists clients in the purchase and sale of residential and commercial properties all throughout Southern Idaho. He's, like I said, 2005, so he's not just new to the game. He knows the ins and outs. So if you're looking to want to buy or sell a house or a commercial property, call Mike Hahn. That's H-O-N. His phone number is 208-939-9033. Once again, that's 208-939-9033. Tell him you heard about it on True Idaho News. Uh, one more shout out, if I may, here, Mr. Josh, and that is Jackie Davidson in District 16. She has run in the past against Colin Nash. He's the sitting representative for District 16. He's a Democrat. She ran against him before. She got 40% of the vote, and she hardly campaigned. And so she had set out to campaign again and run against Colin, knowing what she knew from her previous experience. And she figures she's the only person in the race. And all of a sudden, up comes this guy named Richard Shirtliff. And he throws his hat in the ring, too. And she's like, what's going on? I've challenged this guy before. I know what to do. I know his weak spots. I can go for this. And you, this is interesting. You know what his answer was? I'm a guy. Colin Nash is a guy. I'll be a better competitor for him. Let me run. How insulting how misogynistic could that be <laughs> on a scale of one to ten i mean where do you rate that <laughs> <laughs> 
doesn't get more misogynistic than that, Daniel. No, no. But any, but, but the cool thing is uh, she went out. She did all the right things. She she did a great job campaigning, knocking on doors, doing uh, meet and greets. And she won 54.69, almost 55 percent of the vote uh, for the Republican side. So she will be running against Colin Nash in the fall. I want to give a huge uh, hats off to Jackie Davidson for persevering uh, in the face of misogyny and saying, I'm going to do this. Uh, she's also a PC, a, pr- a precinct committeeman. She's been involved for a long time. Solid, solid conservative. Hats off to Jackie Davidson. There's probably more we could do, but I think we've kind of, uh, I'm looking at the clock again here, uh, Josh. And I want to say, I think we have opportunities to make some good changes in the fall. So with that, any closing thoughts? Yeah, we just need to pray for the conservatives. That's what it boils down to at this point. Yeah, that's key. It's going to be pray, 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 because unless the Lord builds the house, those that labor, labor in vain. All right, uh, Josh, thank you so much for joining me here on the True Idaho News podcast. This is Dr. Daniel Bobinski, your host. And we're talking about the news from a Judeo-Christian perspective and truth. That's what we do here. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're going to catch you next time. Until then, be blessed. You've been listening to the True Idaho News Podcast. Unfiltered news and opinion for the citizens of Idaho. Get more true news by visiting trueidahonews.com. If you'd like to support this podcast, visit trueidahonews.com slash support. Thanks for listening.